Oh man. So yeah. Right, so. That is Hobo with a shotgun. It's it's batshit crazy. I I knew it. I knew you'd like it. It is the most one of the most schizophrenic like movies I've seen in so long. It's like it doesn't have like the only the only consistency it has is the fact that it's it's batshit crazy because because <laughs> there's lots of like inconsistencies going like going on all the time. It's like it, it, sometimes it like it's like it, it can't decide what it wants to be, but then other times it's like it's gonna do this. It's gonna be crazy. So that's what I'm gonna be. It's like. gonna do this shit. <laughs> then we're gonna do this shit, and then we're gonna be nice for a while, and then yeah. we're just gonna be fucking. Let, let's have. Oh, uh, I think the topless. Topless, like mutilated pinata shit, still on the top. And yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that is hobo with a shotgun, and I think we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Stop it there. Yeah. <coughs> Boys. Boys. Stop watching that trash! A man's trash is another man's torture. Starring Johan Chappal as the inflictor of pain. And Edward Harvey as the victim. From Studio Enigmatic comes the trash tapes. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Trash Tapes, where one man's trash is another man's torture. And this torture is usually done by my victim, <laughs> Edward Harvey, in this case. Hello. And I am your host and considerably the inflictor of pain, Johan Chapal. The inflictor of pain. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad that you did when I When I heard the opening for the first time when you did that, I thought that was... So good. For some reason, I've got this knack of being able to do the trailer guy voice. And, like, my girlfriend, Sophie, is like, why can you do that voice? It's so weird that you can do it. It's like an out-of-body experience. Because it doesn't sound like you (laughs) at all. It sounds like someone else completely. It's so awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I just discovered one day I could do the one man voice just really well and obviously when you record it well and you've got you really close to the microphone it if you can do that tone it's yeah. going to sound even better like on the mic you know it like. sounds so perfect and it's <laughs> ideal for this kind of show so yeah um as people who've maybe t- tuned in for the very first time welcome uh this show is where i Johan Chapal, basically go through piles upon piles of trashy movies and inflict them onto my friend over here who I literally go over to his house get some snacks and just barrage him with whatever I find that week yeah. uh, and I I haven't seen this I mean there's some trashy movies I've seen but there's there's a lot I haven't and uh, Johan has just seen them all <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of them there's still some I haven't but I'm discovering new ones every yeah. single day the moment I've started this podcast I'm now finding new ones I haven't heard of before and some of these are like wow and just the research on this is actually becoming more enticing every single yeah. day I want to find the weirdest stuff so I'm actually hoping that maybe if this all kicks off that maybe some of the fans out there can start suggesting a couple of these because yeah, I, I feel like 
we could be doing this for centuries, and I doubt we'll still cover every single rubbish, trashy movie. Like, yeah, because you've you've uh, wrote out a list, haven't you, of yeah. like possible episodes, and it's so long already, isn't it? Like every time I, I find you want to add it on, at the minute we're about a hundred and twenty. <laughs> like my god, I, we could be here for. We're never going to be scratching our heads saying, well, "What? What shall we watch?" I'll just go through the list, and it's like a cartoon list. It feels like you drop it and it just tumbles <laughs> all the way down to the other side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> so, as a second episode, I did kind of tease at the end of the first one after we did Troll 2, which was a corker to start off with. Um, that I was going to end up, we're going to go something gory next. Yeah. And so, the one I decided to go is the one which I think is the most batshit crazy of all the gory films I think out there in a while, and that is a Hobo with a Shotgun. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. You ain't not like me. As we usual now, we're gonna um, let's talk a little bit about Hobo with a Shotgun in terms of how what it is and how it got started. Because mm. there's a good, interesting backstory. The good thing about loads of trashy movies and the production of these kind of movies is that there's always an interesting backstory behind it. Mm. So I'll go for a few of them. Hobo with a Shotgun was a is, is a movie done in 2011. Um, it is a Canadian movie, which you think, like, what the heck? And it's done, directed by Jason Eisner. Before then, he didn't really direct a lot of movies. He basically was doing short films and stuff like that until mm. he won a competition. Now, the competition is the Grindhouse competition. All so right. do you know when Grindhouse came out and it had yeah. all the fake trailers? Mm. There was a competition by in South by Southwest where it said, like, we want you to add a make a trailer, make a trailer for it, and that trailer was Hobo with a shotgun. Yeah, and that won, which means that in certain places in Canada and a few other theaters, that trailer was played in between all the other trailers, mm. and that got so popular that they loved it. They absolutely loved it. They adored it to the point of say like, let's make it. So basically, it was through a competition that got ah. this movie to be made, which is flipping great. You know, um, the original movie didn't, the original trailer did not have the, our, our star, because <laughs> I don't think they could afford him at the time, although we don't know, because um, I have to look into how much he's got into it. It was starring, um, originally, who played the hobo, uh, do you know the crazy ass cop? The one who's like, yeah. saying like, we're all bad cops here! Yeah. <laughs> yeah? That was a hobo originally. Right. And then just... In the trailer. In yeah. the trailer, in the yeah. fake trailer. And then they just built it up and suddenly now our trailer's is Rudger Hauer. Yeah, because you got to... When you, when you do a feature and you want to get any kind of return on it, you got to have someone known, haven't you, as the lead? Like, someone, yeah. yeah. I, I'd be honest, before this, uh, I everyone knows... Rudger, anyone who's a big fan of like films know Rudger Hauer is, is famous mostly for, uh, for Blade Runner. Um, but yeah. and he's done bits in between. He's done other things, but that's like his key moment. One so, of my favorites is the Hitcher. I love the Hitcher. Yeah. Oh, the Hitcher's pretty good. Yeah, mm. I remember the Hitcher. Yeah. But you notice how from that point you're like, when now he's back in this movie, not looking at all like him at mm. all. You're sitting there going, "What happened?" Oh my God, there he is. That is Rutger Hauer. My God, <laughs> what has he done? What has he done since? This is the thing. Um, I'll, I'll probably look it up later, but I don't know how much he's done. Mm. But you know, this is being like that's the guy <laughs> like... from Blade Runner to 
Now a homeless guy with a shotgun. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, maybe I'm, I may as well just retire now. I don't want to I'm do done. any more damage. <laughs> I'm done. Maybe this is partly a documentary. Maybe just found him like this. So, you know, can we make a movie about it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Rutger Hauer is such a pro, though. He oh. would embrace anything. If, like, if this is his role, mm. he was go he's going to do it like the best of his ability. Like, and he's just going to nail it. You know? And he's <laughs> nailing it right now. My God, he's look! Look at all his faces. The, the man—he looks like a man who's seen shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Like we have not heard a peep from him, and he doesn't even look. He doesn't look a thing like the sexy android no. that we know and love. Yeah, because the thing is, like his character in Blade Runner, he's so like charismatic that you kind of root for him, mm. uh, and you understand him, and and it's it's mm. um uh, it's 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 a confusing movie in in that respect because it's like you are really empathising with, with the villain, aren't you? I don't want to talk too much about Blade Runner, but it has got the connection because of the same Because he's so obviously there. Yeah. But no, no, I, I I love his character more than Harrison Ford's character in that movie. Like, yeah, because yeah. he, he, he actually... It's, he's one of those kind of... It's so well written, and to almost at a point you're sitting there going like, do you know when the bad guy... Like in most movies or even anything, you know when the bad guy's talking and you're saying like... You're almost like... He makes perfect sense. I get what he's doing. I get mm. his motivation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was one of them. And then you get that in your head. And this is kind of a thing. For anyone who's a big fan of like any of his Rutger Hauer's work. And then you see this. Shed anything you know about him at all. The thing is, though, because of the, the, the time it came out, like all these millennial kids that might, might have not seen Blade Runner, just imagine if they saw this before all the quality stuff that he's yeah. doing. And they'd be like, well, it, it'd be so weird for him. It's like one of my mates saw, in the, in the back in the day, mm. one of my mates saw Lethal Weapon, uh, is it... Was it which one's the one with Joe Pesci? Three. Three, yeah. He saw the open three before, like, Goodfellas or something like that. So it's <laughs> oh like, he remembered. No, and that, and also, like, Home Alone. He'd saw before, yeah. you saw Joe Pesci in, in his original kind of, like, form, yeah, where yeah. he'd be, like, a bad, like, terrifying gangster. Oh and, like, God. just imagine seeing it the way around. So you mm. see, like, Rutger Hauer in this movie before you see Blade Runner hit you. And it's like, you'd think that's your opinion then, set in stone of Rutger Hauer. And then you go back and like, oh, he's just the homeless guy. And they're like, no, he's so not the homeless guy. Oh, my God. It's, that's basically what I love about this is like his, he is, he's basically the central force of this movie. And he does, he's so good in this, but he's good in a way that you never even thought he could do. No. Like, it's not like, this is not like top ace acting. What he does do is embrace this complete batshitness mm. 100%. Yeah. You can kind of see, it kind of see at times, it's like a combination of both. I'm not sure if you thought the same way, but half of this I felt like he's very into it. And he's he's enjoying the hell out of it, but then sometimes he looks very tired. Yeah, <laughs> and surprised that he's doing this. But what what's so like amazing is the fact that he plays the role so straight. Like mm. he's he's not at any point like 
hamming it up. He's like, he plays it really straight, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that what adds to the comedy, well, yeah. the dark comedy to this, basically, mm. that every time he says something, he's not doing it tongue in cheek. He's not looking to the camera. He's not doing that. He's saying it like it's almost Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> and it is awesome. You and vultures circle this city, tearing off the flesh from everything that is innocent. <laughs> Please don't shoot me. I didn't even hurt her. I want you out of this city. You and your grave rubbing friends. Spread the word. The best way to describe the plot of this movie is actually looking at the back of the DVD. Yeah. And I'm just going to read this out. Because probably the best way I could describe this. Should also mention the cover art is gorgeous. Really it, good. Look at the poster for this. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it looks like literally like like an old 1980s sort of stained poster has been left in the back of yeah. like a theatre for years. It's properly a grindhouse thing. They've embraced the grindhouse-ness of this 100%. Mm. When an ageing hobo, played by Howard, jumps onto a freight train in a new city hoping for a fresh start he soon realizes he has well and truly reached the end of the line he finds himself trapped in an urban hell an archaic world overrun by murderers rapists petty crooks and corrupt cops now it's up to him to clean up the streets the only way he knows how with a 20 gauge shotgun in his hand and two rounds in the chamber with the city's evil crime boss standing in his way, will the hobo's own brand of justice prevail? That's the thing. He had a far, a far amount of um, ammunition, not just two shells. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had like $50, right, to pay for this shotgun. How'd he pay for all the ammunition? I don't know where he's getting all the ammo. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck he's getting all the ammo. I think the moment we start going there, it's like, what the fuck? I think... Maybe maybe our shotguns like uh, Lara Croft's like infant pistols. Yeah. It's just I've got all the ammo, baby. <laughs> right, we have to go we have to go back to the roots then. So he comes in at the very beginning. He comes in on the freight train at the very beginning of the movie. Mm. And we the your reaction to it the first time around was amazing. Because it literally was like, oh my god, this is so colourful. <laughs> That's the first thing you're going to notice when you watch this movie. It is very colourful. And I'm not talking like, you know, ooh. It's more like there's whole rooms that are blue. There's whole rooms that are yellow. There are whole rooms that are pink and red. And like, who's ever like the... Like the design of the like of, of of the film and the lighting must have had a whale of a time. Mm. Saying, I want everything to be neon. I want everything to be fluorescent and to glow. Yeah. Ah, uh, it is very fucking pretty. <laughs> the color grade is so bright. It, the, I knew that would be the first thing you'd notice. <laughs> it is. The most ridiculous... You'll figure out the rest of the movie. It is the most overly saturated film mm. I have ever seen. I mean, that red is like the most red car I've ever seen. <laughs> Do you think it is actually technical or it's just made to look like I think it... Ah, well, that is as bright as you can get, so... <laughs> God, that was nasty. (laughs) 
Do you remember when we talked about how saturated this movie is? A half half the corner of a road is green. <laughs> Look at that. It's so a, much smoke. Oh, like this clearly has a ventilation problem, whatever this place is. But my God. Well, what I love about the movie is it doesn't exactly ease you in, does it? <laughs> like the first scene is probably one of those memorable scenes in the movie because, like, I just love the way it opens with the whole sort of this crazy thing is happening and this, like, this, this, they're after this, like, guy that's done something to them. I don't know, whatever, but the, these, these, the, you, you introduce to these, like, uh, gangsters. Yeah. That, uh, which the main one is, like, Looked in a Scarface suit. It, there's lots of cliches going on. It, oh, but totally. It, but and then you've got this uh, victim that's just caught up in this like manhole cover. The manhole. Okay, we have to start all this quickly. The manhole death is the most unique thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. So this guy, you first see this guy who happens to end up being the bad guys, whose name is Drake, who looks you know Scarface kind of yeah. guy. And we're not talking like Al Pacino Scarface here. We're talking 1950s kind of yeah. proper mobster kind of thing. And so the guy, so he basically got this manhole around his head, this guy who happens to end up being his brother. So if that's what he does to family members. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And so they come in and <clears throat> he does this thing with a manhole where he's got a manhole around his head, they throw him into a ma- into a manhole cover, and then just just decapitate him like yeah. right there and then, and that is literally in the first ten minutes. So this, like I said, this movie doesn't ease you in at all. It's not like a first date. No. This is more like a really rough and ready one night stand. But it it sets its tone so quickly because it's like not only does you know a creative decapitation happen with like barbed wire around a head. Man trapped in a manhole cover. It's like the 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 woman that's with them just ends up like dancing in like sort of <laughs> b- a bikini hole. in the blood that's shooting out of the the decapitated like hole. It literally is like randomly this woman just walks out of fucking nowhere and just goes like, "Hey, blood!" Starts dancing in it, like swimming in it. Going, Ugh. so. I- Immediately when you see that, you think, okay, I, I know what I'm in for now. This is just going to be, uh, it's going to be, like you say, batshit crazy from the off. And there's no, it's not, nothing's going to stop it. It's just going to be insane. Oh, yes! Here we go! <laughs> oh, that's nasty! Oh my god! That. Okay. The head decapitation thing is awesome, right? I don't get the blood hooker though. It's just ridiculous. It's like, it's like it's purposely ridiculous. Oh. But she's like, once she's all in white, she walks in and she's like, I'm just gonna dance. <laughs> But this is just like, um, you know, a parody of like, in a lot of like 70s and 80s action movies. Yeah. The, the villains were ridiculously violent, like in, like mm. elaborate as well. Like, a, a display of like, I'm going to be so violent now and do this. And <laughs> yeah, and this is exactly what that is. But I have never seen something that creative before. 
Like that's kind of ingenious. Just yeah. That's just I just I, I just think that's all fine until the blood hook again. <laughs> it's like uh, in in Total Recall when uh, Arnie breaks out of the his restraints. Oh yeah. Jabs what what like a pole into one's face. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> and then an axe and it's like so oh. violent. Oh my god, it was awesome. And we don't get that. We don't get that much anymore of this. So it's kind of nice when, when a movie wants to do a bring that back kind of thing. It kind of tells you, like, if you can endure what happened in the first ten minutes, you're gonna like the rest of it. Yeah. If you don't like anything like that, it literally tells you to switch it off. Almost, it tells yeah. you, like, nah, you, you can't handle the rest if you think that is it because that's tame. Well, interesting thing I want to add. I didn't tell you about this. I was saving it for the podcast. I've I have seen a bit of this movie before mm. uh, when it came onto Netflix first time round, and I was one of those people when the first time I watched this, I saw the opening scene and I didn't didn't know anything about the movie at that particular yeah. point. I didn't know what it was about and what what it was kind of like. There was no build up basically of like okay. people me uh, telling me about it and thinking that you got to you got to stick to it. I just yeah. put it on, saw that, and I thought, what the fuck is this? <laughs> And I just thought, no, you know what? I'm going to turn it off because, like, in the in the now we're in the day of like if streaming, you don't have to commit to a movie. If, yeah. you, if you get if you're not in the mood for it at that particular time, you just turn it off. And I was one of those people, like you said, that I, I just I, I saw that scene and I was like, nah, you know what? I'm not in the mood for this. So I'm going to turn it off. So that's all I've seen that at that opening scene. Awesome. So does that mean then that have now that you sat down with me, like semi forced to watch the rest of this movie? Um, have I swayed you now? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I am glad that I watched it all now uh, <laughs> because there are some great bits that I wouldn't have seen if, you know, if I hadn't stuck to it. And like, in the yeah, there's just some awesome things that are introduced later on that you know, if you do commit to it, you, you get to see those bits. So it's like yeah, and, yeah. It's, and they are really, really awesome. So he goes in on the freight train and he arrives and he goes into the town and. The city itself is literally... The first reaction is everything's gone to shit and it's just been a few minutes. Mm. So there's the... You get to actually meet all the mini antagonists, like all the side quests, like it was like in a a video game. All the bad guys that you kind of get to meet along the way. Yeah. Um, There's quite a few of them. Um, We can go through some of them now. Um, So one was... My personal favourite is the uh, pedophile Santa. (laughs) So you introduce a pedophile Santa who is, uh, the first time we introduced him, he's driving a car, laughing maniacally, like, ah, ha, 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 ha. and there's literally a kid in the back of the, back of the car going, help, help, help. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, like we were saying while we were watching it, if this movie wasn't so cartoon-like, it yeah. would be just be very offensive and not. It wouldn't. It wouldn't nail it at all. It would be. It'd be like you'd just turn it off straight away, wouldn't you? Like or every time. It's there are like, moments where you're thinking like this could. I'm this. I'm. Su- I'm surprised. I'm still going with this. Yeah. Because this really does push the bar in some of them. <laughs> yeah. There's a. Yeah, that was a pedophile Santa taking a kid away in a car. This is what this town is. <laughs> oh my God. 
It's like if you if you're a vigilante, you like you'd be like, well, where do I start? Fucking hell! <laughs> it's like there's like you know like what's your first kill? What's the first thing you do? It's like fucking just turn left and you get something. So one of the first steps he does is oh okay so the first step after that he goes to the arcade, mm. which again you can see how it starts topping up. He goes to the arcade and a lot of stuff is made to noticing as well. It's like it's very fucking eighties. Yeah, like all of its influential eighties, like every like arcade machines, um, like uh, the guy, the the bad guy, the two the two brothers, uh, what what the bloody hell were their names? Um, Ivan and Slick. Yeah, they just look like they they're cliche eighties like goons, aren't they? Like with proper the, with the Ray Ban sunglasses, the baseball ja- Letterman jacket type things they've got on, like <laughs> jo- oh. you know, jock jackets, aren't they? Proper like, jock jackets. Yeah. And they're coming round and doing that kind of stuff. Look, they've got the swagger. You've got Slick, who is like the sort of the pervert. And you've got Ivan, who is just, I think he's my favourite. He's the one who's going, woo, a lot. And looks like he's constantly on coke. Mm. Oh, it's so 80s. And I love all the nods to the 80s-ness, like the VHS tapes, like random random bits that you think might be a thing in this world, but they're not. Mm. Like no one uses, like all the mobile phones are like really 80s mobile phones. Mm. Like, or you though they use pay phones instead of mobiles. Is it supposed to be set in the 80s or is it just like homaging the 80s? Like? I think it's homaging it yeah. because... It feels because there are moments where you think, "Oh, it's quite contemporary," but it's not. It, best way to describe it, it's not eighties enough to be eighties, mm. but it's not modern enough to be nowadays. So it's like an alter universe because not every not everyone's dressed incredibly eighties, or they're not showing like big hair, sunglasses, it's shoulder just pads. The bad guys, really, that are incredibly eighties, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, and you know, like. Yeah, there are some bits, like, for example, the guy who's a filmmaker, like, the crazy-ass, like, hobo filmmaker, he's using this old sort of, like, VHS tape sort of thing, and mm. all the phones are mobile, all the mobile phones are the big bricks, yeah, and shit like that, but um, there's all these little homages that way, but you can't, there's no time period, it doesn't seem like it's, like, set in a time, it's mm. just saying, like, everything's 80s. Thing is, by this point... Loads of stuff happens. So Rutger Howard goes into the arcade, and within three minutes, there's like four deaths in three minutes. Yeah. So again, if you're not seeing it coming, there's a lot of it. So got a guy's. Oh, what was it? I'm trying. Here's the thing. I, I, I should have made notes. Yeah, because there's so many, isn't there? I think uh, this is something we need to talk about in general. Like, there's so much death in this. I think maybe just talk about the ones we remember the most, like, like the highlight deaths. <laughs> <laughs> God, there is a show reel of all these deaths. Um, so, first of all, you then got that teenager who's basically way wanting cocaine. Mm. And he gets his arm, like, broken in half by, by... by... joystick in the arcade. <laughs> God! It went, it goes, like, say, it's like, oh, do you want to play? Yeah. Just fucking breaks it in half. Like, it was, and it was so easy as well how he did it. Just like, yeah. bam. Mm. Um, so that one is, uh, there's, um, there's, like, the bumper cars. Where the guy, where a random guy, literally a lot of random guys out of nowhere, he's got that his head gets exploded, popped like a zit. Yeah, with two of these like. Um, That's the thing that the bad guys are so kind of like lawless that they just seem to like for pleasure just destroy people. It just do. There is no remorse out of these guys, which kind of makes it adds to the whole cartoonish stuff because. Mm. 
if there was anything, if even if there was no sign of remorse, but everything was realistic, you'd think like this is actually getting really uncomfortable. Mm. But because it happens literally every few minutes, yeah. Like after that head popping scene, a guy's foot gets exploded with a with a mallet, and then arm gets broken, and then everyone's jumping into the pile of cocaine. Where <laughs> guy gets his head shoved into the cocaine and goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nuts. Okay. It reminds me actually as well of like, you know, sort of uh, crazy computer games where the bad guys are just like cartoon like and kind of like, mm. uh, and you don't really know much about them other than the, other than the fact that they're monsters and they kind of just just want to kill people. It's like, um, it, yeah, it, these are the best way to describe it. They're like streets of rage villains. Yeah, yeah. Like, totally... like extreme versions of that, like it, like uh, Streets of Rage with like an R rating kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> like you imagine this. So like you see, like you see later on, like they're coming in, like on the side, about to come in, dropping a corner. They're going ready to punch, and just instead of like just punching you, they just take out a machete and just chop off your head because that's what they do. It's but they do. They did remind me of that, you know, mm. like beat them up villains. <laughs> they, they, yeah, because they're so unrealistic, and yeah. I think. This is the reason why I, I enjoyed it, is because it is unrealistic. Um, but even us, who love gore, who love, like, extreme stupid gore and ridiculous stuff, I think by the end of this movie, I think we had enough. Yeah. Like, we had I, our fill. I definitely I wanted to add the point that I only really like gore when it's, it's fake and silly like this. Yeah. I, 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 you know when a movie's like actually looks realistic when it's it's just a skin. Mm. Like, when it's like um, uh, realistic gore makes me feel very uncomfortable, and I don't really tend to watch many. Like it's, it's like I never got the whole torture porn genre and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that kind of stuff. I, I, I do like gore if it's ridiculous like this. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's just. I mean, what 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 do you think about like? Do you like realistic gore? Or thing is, I like gore in general because mm. I think uh, the idea of gore is that you want a reaction out of it. Like even watching this and it's cartoonish, mm. I still winced. Yeah, like I winced a lot. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> like anything gory, I'm just like ah, ah, ah I don't like it, but I, I love it really. Yeah. Uh, even even when it's real, even if it's more realistic, I'm more terrified. Yeah, but I love the fact that it's done well. Mm. Right, if gore's done well. I'm a big fan. If gore's done terribly, I just laugh at it and it's like, well, what's the point of that? You know, like, whatever. It, it's So if it's over the top, I have a good time with it. If it is realistic and it makes me genuinely uncomfortable, mm. then it's done its job and I'm happy with it. So I'm happy with gore. I just think, like, it needs to be done with the right amount. Yeah. Like, you need to... You, if you had realistic gore and the whole movie was realistic gore, I would be switching it off in about 15 minutes mm. because it's just... It's, it's too much, right? If... With this being so cartoony, there were literally five deaths in about 10 to 15 minutes. Mm. So by that point, you're... Yeah, get your seatbelt on. Oh! Like a balloon! What's so, like, sort of grim about this movie yeah. is of how cheap it looks. It just looks very cheap. That, that looked like a watermelon just being popped. Oh, it's nasty. Oh! 
<laughs> it's already been a minute, and already a man's head gets blown off, and a person's lost a foot. Now that's now that's a gore level I wouldn't expect coming. Sweet Jesus! <laughs> yeah, because cocaine does that to you instantly. <laughs> it's like, hey, all that pain just gone, just gone. All gone. You know how you just literally broke your arm? Fuck that, just smother yourself in cocaine. <laughs> While she's finger-banging you in the air! <laughs> what a line! <laughs> From that point, all this, he goes and sees all this stuff in the um, in the arcade, and this is where we're first introduced to Abby, who yeah. is the the hooker with a heart of gold. Yeah. Which is the uh, another stereotypical sort of point there um i actually think that she's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie um yeah i think she is really really good in general but the fact that her character is just she's a hooker but she's uh but she's so sweet and she's the only sort of at the uh, well at the beginning anyway the the only normal person in this town mm. because everyone else is fucking batshit yeah that it's nice when i can see her and go like oh finally a, a regular human being <laughs> Yeah, it's weird to begin with though you don't know how to feel about her to begin with because she because she's uh you know a hooker mm. and she she's sort of like just wants wants to get sort of like her money off off that the the horrible guy you're introduced yeah, slick, to slick like, slick yeah and because she's sort of like doesn't mind sleeping with him at first you're thinking like i know you're a prostitute and stuff but like i don't know how i feel about you if you, you're gonna just go with that guy you know what yeah, I mean yeah it's like saying so your taste kind of dropped yeah. doesn't it <laughs> and I, I know that she's just like making a living or mm. whatever but uh, it, it just at that particular point in the film you're thinking well I don't know whether I like you yet you know mm. like but that's the thing is it's like this is her character so like oh she's just doing this for the money but then mm. later on we realise her yeah. real goals and, and so on so this is the thing like for someone who's supposed to be like a very shallow character she's the one that actually got feels like she's got more of an arc mm. while everyone else is kind of just flatline cartoonish two-dimensional yeah crazy ass shit um since Rudger Hauer sees this and he has the one thing I love about this Rudger Hauer has all the amazing looks yeah, he stares at them all the time, and when he's staring at something, he looks like he's seen death. Mm. <laughs> it's like he's seen shit. It's like in Vietnam flashbacks. And he can just do that with <laughs> looks. Mm. You know, that's that's how how much of a great actor he is. He can he can tell stories with just an expression in his face. You know, like he raises an eyebrow, and suddenly he tells you so much. Yeah. <laughs> so he he sees this happening, and stops slick. And mm. takes him to the police station. And this is when we realise that everyone's involved, not just, like, the bad guys, but everyone's basically corrupt. Like like I was mentioning, we have the corrupt cop, the corrupt cop, yeah. who they're having a conversation with at the beginning. It looks like they're having some kind of conspiracy theory sort of chat. 
Um, and then it just, and then realized, no, everyone is in on it. Oh my god! And so it's, it's quite how quickly that turns is great because, like, the, the the first I was like, this is a bit weird. Like, the cop's really old for a start. Is it odd? It's like a million. <laughs> and then, like, at first he's just like saying stuff like, "Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate." You know, it's like it's, it's like in the world. town's like fucked, and I wish I could do something about it. And then all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, but I'm bad too." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get down on the ground, motherfucker! Look, if I'm being honest, I can't argue with anything you say. Crime in this city has become an embarrassment. I've been suspecting that some of my boys are working with Drake. Can't see things getting this much out of hand unless some of my officers are giving that maniac a free reign. So thank God for honest people like yourself. You better get those officers and send them packing. You can start this whole operation all over again. Between you and me, I'd love to bring the wrecking ball down on Drake. You know, he might as well be king around here. King's fall. You ought to read a history book, Jake. I gave you this little brass to put him away for life. Well, we're certainly going to see what we can do about that. By the way, did anybody officially welcome you to town yet? They never do. <sighs> well, welcome to Fucktown! <laughs> And, that means that, and then the two brothers just storm in and just the first thing he does they get a knife and just stab him and just write down the word scum on his chest yeah. and, and, and we generally thought he we generally thought like at the beginning of it oh he's dead now yeah because when you see that scene the first like stab that goes in that looks like it would kill him because it's like really seems deep it's deep <laughs> it's a deep cut like legit yeah by that point, they he, he bumps back into the hooker again, and they go to the apartment and gives him a gives him a jumper. Uh, yeah. that, it gives him a bear jumper. I, I, there's some things that I think are really nice and subtle, but I think we might miss the bigger picture. Mm. Like, for example, they reference bears a lot. Yeah, that went over my head. I don't understand yeah, I don't all know. the all the reference of bears. How she, why she likes bears so much. Don't know why. Uh, they give. <laughs> that's, a, that's a point. Where... No, sometimes we, like we've said before, we're watching like Troll Two. We, sometimes we overanalyze. Sometimes there might not be a reason for that. There might not know? be a reason. <laughs> it's like, oh, she just likes bears. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I, I just want to go to the zoo. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> get to that. Oh, I just want to go to the zoo and see the bears with you. Oh, that's that's a romantic date right there. After all the shit, fall asleep now. Hear me. There's one more thing I have to do. No, I just I just want to go to the zoo and and see the bears with you. So they get to know each other, get acquainted, and he gets he gets to sleep in a bed in a, after a long time, and he looks really fucking comfortable in that jumper, this bear jumper, <laughs> looking so snug. <laughs> he looks so comfy uh, to the point that he, I, I'm convinced that he was legitimately falling asleep. 
Do you know what? The only way to top that would be if he was in a bear onesie. Oh my god, yes! He should have looked like a giant human teddy bear. And this girl, like, saying, You comfy? Yes. <laughs> it's got a, maybe got a hot water bottle as well. Like. That got a mug of cocoa and all sorts. It's like, Are you comfy? Yes. Uh, and, and the thing is, imagine all that while he's doing his mini monologue about bears. Mm. So he's talking like, saying, like, bears are lone creatures. But also at the same time, like, you know, you don't want to piss them off. <laughs> so yeah. If a bear gets a taste of human blood, it becomes a killer. Like, <laughs> he only wants to go kill, like, men or something like that. Yeah, and the thing is, like, but when, by the time he says that, he's dozing off. So he just looks like, this is a f- fucking bears. This is a... <laughs> Which, you know, the funny thing is that she was like, oh, I, d- I didn't know bears were, like, dangerous. It's like, hey, oh, bears are pretty dangerous. It's common knowledge. <laughs> They're fucking bears. <laughs> I don't know, bears were dangerous. Okay. <laughs> Did you always see a teddy bear and go, oh, they all must be this cuddly? I think she's just watched too much Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh and, what was it? Care Bears. Yeah. Oh, I used to watch Care Bears as a kid. I just think, imagine that you just, she just thought Care Bears, that's literally all the kind of bears there are. <laughs> At this point, it's been about 20 minutes in, and our hobo hasn't got a shotgun yet. No. So he goes to the crazy guy with the camera, who's mm. like, who, he's, he's like a sadist, and we don't know what the fuck he's there for. No. But he's a fucking sadist, and he's paying homeless people to do, like, nasty stuff. Uh, like, in this case, eating a eating broken glass. and It's just disgusting. It's like, this guy is, like, the worst guy ever. But that's the thing, <laughs> is we say he's the worst guy ever. But then, just wait a minute, and then someone else is the worst guy ever. And then we wait somewhere, and then there's another worst guy ever. Yeah. Like, there's a list. We can, we'll, we'll go for every of them eventually. Um, so he goes there, he finally gets the 50 bucks. So he goes to 50 bucks, goes to the pawn shop called, uh, what was it, Pawn Till Yeah. And he goes there and says, like, right, all right, I'm finally going to buy this lawnmower. But then, obviously, with the music sort of being, like, very sweet, and finally getting up a bit, and everything's all nice, and then... Fucking hell. Then what happens? Obviously, free people start to bloody rob the place, don't they? And it's just, it's so like, okay, right. Okay, there's people start robbing the place. And this is when he looks to the side and there's a shotgun next to him. And it's also 50 bucks. So he's contemplating, what do I do? Just staring at them like he's having like like an internal crisis about lawnmower, gun, lawnmower, gun. And obviously, what does he do? He gets a flipping shotgun and just blows everybody away. And <laughs> from I think that, so I think in in I know it's a ridiculous situation, and everything, but like I I think this character is he, he should have like a I've got nothing to lose kind of thought yeah. in his head. So I think it would really I think it would take him less time to dis, to, to like well I may as well just kind of be a vigilante because I've got I have literally got nothing to lose but. He, he's really clinging on to the whole lawnmower thing for a while, isn't he? Yeah, he's holding on to it. Like, he's holding on to it. He's crying into it. It's like, God, I really want this lawnmower. <laughs> this is my favourite thing. I want this. And then he's just like, but I can't just leave this crazy person who's holding a gun to a baby. <laughs> like, the baby's a threat. Like, or something. He's like, shut up, motherfucker. Where? 
Okay, and so he finally gets a shotgun and blows everybody away. And you know, and by this, oh, point- that is so cool. When the the is it the first one? He blows him into a load of VHS tapes. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I like it's, like, it's such an eighties thing, you know. <laughs> that that should be our poster for the future. That should just be us, a man getting blown, <laughs> blown just near the reeds for a pile of VHS tapes. Yeah. It's so uplifting at this point, isn't it? It's like he's finally getting that lawnmower. It's like it's quite a sort of a contrast now and again. It's like it goes from very horrible, like nasty stuff going on to like. This movie's kind of schizophrenic. Like it'll do something really gruesome and nasty, then something really funny, and then something really sweet, and they are all legitimately all these things. But it's like I'm getting whiplash. <laughs> Why does he want the Lord Mayor so much? Because he can finally then save up money and have his own business. I think he wants to say, like, finally have a lawnmower. I can feel like a human being. Until a bunch of guys come in with guns and machetes. (laughs) He's pointing a gun at the baby. This guy, this guy, he is a great babysitter. Now what's he do? That shotgun's fifty dollars. Yes! Why is it loaded? <laughs> it's like, oh, of course, you know we load up the guns right there. Oh man, right the VHS tapes. Ugh. Hey, guns! Get the change. <laughs> Great. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think that's the reaction anyone would have had if they saw that. Holy shit. So, now he's got his shotgun. And everything is now officially on full blast mode. He goes on a rampage. And literally, just like you expect, he goes around and shoots every bad guy. And we can go through the list. He finally goes and kills pedophile Santa, which is the most ridiculous person, I think. Um, he kills the, he kills the film. He, he shoots the filmmaker by and then tells him to eat his own tape. Yeah. It must uh, be so satisfying. Oh, that was... When I saw that, I'm going, Yes! Eat that tape, motherfucker! Eat that tape! Um, so he goes, eats the tape. Um, then there is this weird-ass shit where there's there's two guys playing poker or snorting cocaine with three women being beaten up and hanging? Yeah. Like meat? And it's never been introduced before, and you never see this again. We have no idea what the fuck this is. Yeah. And Rodger Howard just comes in and just blows them away. Yeah, just some crazy... I mean, there are bits where there's there's stuff going on in the background that's very distracting. <laughs> yeah, this happens a lot. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie, when something serious is happening, and this is this like three or four times we've noticed this, something very serious is happening, like there's a very serious conversation or something, there is some random-ass shit mm. <laughs> just happening behind them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Meanwhile, there is a basically topless piñata happening in the background. It's so good. The amount of like the, the brainstorming that must have gone on in terms of like, well, we're gonna have some crazy stuff going on in this movie. What what can you think of? And like, they, they've thought there was someone. There's some really creative stuff going on. Like, I know, right? Like. It's like the most horrible things you can imagine happen, don't they? And, and, and half of them are like in the background or just randomly appear, and you're thinking, God, what's this town is fucked. Like, totally fucked up. All the chaos is happening. Rudger Howe's finally going through it, he's beating all up and so on and so forth. And so, the, the Drake, who Drake is basically going to say, You need to scare the living hell out of these people because they're now starting to believe how that one man with a shotgun. Which actually shows that he's actually quite it's quite piss easy to take over a town, right? You just get one man and a shotgun mm. can take over all the crime in the city. And it's like so he does like probably one of the most nastiest things in the movie. Do you want to talk about that? Oh no, it's just I mean, the thing is with this movie, it's like you you know horrible stuff's gonna happen and but and you think, Well, how can it get any worse? But then yeah, they just go they, they there's a school bus for the kids. They just go in with flamethrowers and just Kit, like burn all these kids. I will admit that was really the way that was delivered up to that point is really funny and literally tortures the entire fucking yeah. bus with Disco Inferno playing in the background. It's just horrible. <laughs> but his expression was amazing. Hey, I asked you a question. Do you kids like school? Yeah! What about ice cream? Do you kids like ice cream? Yeah! <laughs> and bicycles? <laughs> and homos! I hate homos! It's finally escalated, and they basically go onto the news. They go onto the news and kill a guy with a fucking ice skate. Yeah, and go and say like, right, we have an ultimatum: kill every single homeless person ever. If you can kill all the homeless people for us, you know this town will be safe. Everything will be ours. And Drake comes in with all these women, and you can have all my women. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes on a bloody rampage and everything goes to pot. And so he's trying to... So that this is where the plot starts getting... This is where the plot starts ramping up and starts getting more yeah. and more. Because not only has he got, like, is the is Rook House character got the uh, criminals to contend with, he's got, like, the general public that now want to kill all those. <laughs> Who are literally an angry mob. Yeah. They have pitchforks. <laughs> literally pitchforks and torches and everything else. They're literally, like, going, ah... As it were, and they're going batshit, and they're about to escape, and then this is where, and this is where, then, then the brothers go back and try and beat them up with what Ivan does it with ice skates, mm. and the other guy does it with like a flipping so creative though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, ice skates. This is the thing. I'll say one thing about this movie: every single death is incredibly creative. Like if you 
think you can kill someone in one way, this movie will say, hold my beer. I'll, uh, I'll chop this one up for you. Why? Ah! 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 Oh, that's... Oh, that's... That's a bit much. Ah! Oh! He's hulking out. He's <laughs> <laughs> extra toasty. It's like it's cartoon-like at times, isn't it? Like oh, that was, yeah. It's all, oh god, I can't. Oh, that's so distracting. <laughs> oh my god. It is the most over-the-top thing. <laughs> oh my god. It made me come. Oh my god. It made me come. And so they have this sort of battle where Slick finally dies by getting a shotgun to the penis. <laughs> Funny, I'm getting a shotgun to the penis. Yeah. It's a, it sounds so weird every time I say it. This is the thing. It's, it's getting worse. Every time it's I like talk about it, duct taped. Like is, he's got a shotgun duct taped to his penis. Again, creative. <laughs> but it's so weird to say. Like, so he gets a duct. He's get he gets a shotgun to the penis, getting duct tape, and the other guy, uh, Ivan, gets electrocuted with a toaster. With an ice skate, and he gets half his body like burned to a crisp. <laughs> he's just like, and he's like, he made me come. <laughs> it's like he gets off on this shit. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking ridiculous. Oh, it's awesome. It's. It, I think what I love about this movie in general that it gives literally no fucks. Everyone swears. Everyone cusses. Everyone's direct. Yeah. Everyone just sort of is 100% on board on this. And that's what makes it so great. Oh, oh God. Have you gone to the point now that the movie's so violent that whenever you do something violent, you no longer feel, like, phased by it anymore? Desensitized. You're actually desensitized as the movie goes on? Yeah. So now it's like, oh, there's blood in this. Oh, homeless people burnt. You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. It it needs to totally top itself in order to be shocking now. Like, really, like, oh, my God. Where are you? What happened? It shot my dick off! Uh, oh, God! <laughs> Don't show it! I think, to be honest, though, a shotgun that close range... It would blow a hole in that area. Not it would blow your bottom half off, wouldn't it? Really? It, it would just be like a gaping hole yeah. from his front to his butt. <laughs> okay. That's the bust to hell. Obviously. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And eventually, Slick's like sitting. Oh, the Slick's sitting in the in the, in the phone booth, and he sits back and he realizes that death is coming for him. I love that. Actually, it's like the bus to hell. <laughs> that was so awesome. And then you see him there going, no, no. 
And, it's, and again, like, you think, like, and that's the only kind of moment, actually, that was, like, really sort of, like, like, let's take you out of this moment to be almost supernatural, because nothing else was supernatural in this yeah. movie. You could almost, like, picture Freddy Krueger on that bus, like, in Freddy's, Freddy, like, 2, isn't it? Like, I would love if, I love if, I love it if Freddy, it's like, you just sort of, like, Freddy Krueger come out and says, like, it's time for your ride, slick. <laughs> All this happens. Um, Slick dies. Ivan now is on is the only brother left, mm. and he's now on again. He's on a bit of he's on, he's on a vengeance quest to redeem himself, and so it's a like right. And then Drake goes to like right. My favorite son is dead. And he says it right in front of his other fucking kid as well. He doesn't give two shits. No. <laughs> I think we know by that point that, that he doesn't give a shit about anything. Like, Pretty much, other than that son. Other than that son. <laughs> Who was an asshole anyway? They're both assholes, but that one's like a real asshole. Now, here's an interesting thing, actually. I'm just looking up on some facts. Drake, was there was quite a few people who were in the role for Drake. Mm. But there was one person who they were this close to getting. And I think as a a wrestling fan, I think you'll like this. Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, my God. I would have loved that. I know. Imagine just Jake the Snake, just the way he looks like that, just go like, what am I fucking dead? (laughs) Need all these fucking homeless people dead playing around with a snake. <laughs> but I reckon they probably would have loved to have Jake as well. But Jake's a very unreliable uh, guy nowadays, isn't he? Yeah, he's kind of always messed up, isn't he? Yeah, it's yeah, he's, it, it was a little bit off the rails for a while. Yeah. I think now he's sober, thank God for mm. him. But I think, like, I think the movie needed another caricature. Because yeah. I mean by caricature is like you've already got actors playing caricatures. Because all the bad guys are like literally the most ridiculous thing ever. Every bad guy from the uh from the from pedophile Santa to hobo filmmaker to the weird like Coke dens, the pimps, they're all ridiculous cartoons. But mm. I think we need a person, an actual person, who isn't Rutger Hauer, who you can see and go like, holy shit. Yeah that would work. And I think I would have been more on board with the rest of it. Because other than that, you barely recognise, you barely go with, you don't really go full 100% with Drake. No, because it's like normally in a, in a movie, you get, your your hero is, mm. is a known person and your antagonist is someone you know as well. Yeah, yeah um, and I think it was missing something. Mm. Like, I felt like it really needed that little extra something. Yeah. Just so therefore the movie was more fun. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying the movie isn't fun. The movie is, has its moments, which is like, holy shit. Whoa. Mm. Fist pump, you know, and all that stuff. Summon the plague. Tell them to bring me that hobo. Now this is my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, my my favorite part is the plague as well. Like, I just they're introduced so late, but they're really really charismatic characters. It's like wow, these guys are amazing. <laughs> all right, you have okay. Describe who the plague are because they're very well. I, they kind of almost seem like they're robots. They talk like robots. They're in suits of armor, <laughs> uh, and they just got like like a, a, a collection of weaponry. And they're just really good with weapons and they're really creative with their kills and they just, like, seem untouchable, unbeatable and just, like, like sort of action figures, aren't they? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like Terminators, yeah. like, pretty much. Uh, they're full-blown, they're full like, 
knight's armor almost and they sound like robots like you were saying yeah. like they're like robot gear and irreplaceable you... <laughs> oh my god it's like no replaceable sorry replaceable not, yeah, not irreplaceable no, no the Jesus. opposite the opposite opposite yeah. of that um so we've got these two robots basically yeah. who look like they walked off the set of mad max um just like dry... medieval mad max medieval Ma- uh, Perfect. They're medieval Mad Max like goons. They're driving on motorcycles with a coffin behind them. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Warm. I think of any robots. <laughs> Sounds like a Dalek. Warm. Warm. Oh. The thing is, though, these, these like the nurses and doctors—they're not even really getting in the way. They're just—they're just kind of like there. And it's like, just... oh no! And just like, bam. So the so the two robots go in, destroy the place. Nurses, doctors, anyone that gets in the way. And sometimes people are not even in the way. They're just kind of there. And they just, no, I'm going to kill you in a really gruesome way. <laughs> just grab them. And they grab them, like, they put them, like, on a noose and just launch them, like, into the fucking ceiling. Yeah. I mean, that was really cool. And I think that moment when the plague arrive is such a good, like, injection of, like, fun. Yeah, because the movie was starting to get to a point; it was not going to becoming fun. It was becoming just nasty. Yeah, and so the moment these two robots appear out of fucking nowhere, one that doesn't speak but sounds like a fucking like Dalek. Yeah, wow, it just makes like this is like loads of sci-fi sound effects. Wow, wow. You see, it, again, the homage to the '80s stuff. It all sounds like synth noise. Yeah. So they go, finally they so we go back again quickly and all this, and they capture they capture him. The capture yeah. of Gahawa, who does an amazing speech. Uh, I think that's supposed <laughs> to be a bunch of babies. <laughs> this, I think, was the speech that when they were doing it and they're writing it the first time around, I think this was going to be like, this is this is going to be your Blade Runner speech monologue moment. I'm writing this down for you. This is, I, I think it's almost a new speech. This is, this is your speech, right? And while it was awesome, I think it was a really, really fucking cool speech. You're distracted because the babies start crying more. It's comical, isn't it? You yeah. Know. The babies start crying more and more and more as I told them. Like, where, like this crazy homeless guy holding a shotgun saying, like, you know, when you grow up, you're all going to be whores. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be all junkies. You're, you're shooting up dope. <laughs> shooting up dope on this with dirty needles. In a bus stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> Or you might end up like me. And then he gets close to the window and pushes his face. Oh, but with a shotgun. And that's like cringe that he says the title of the movie. That's always a bit cringy in movies. You know, when yeah. that character, at some point, a character goes, I'm going to just announce the title of the movie. Title drop. <laughs> a long time ago, I was one of you. Brand new and perfect. No mistakes, no regrets. 
People look at you and think of how wonderful your future will be. They want you to be something special, like a, a doctor or a lawyer. I hate to tell you this, but if you grow up here, you're more likely to wind up selling your bodies on the streets. They're shooting dope from dirty needles in a bus stop. And if you're successful, you'll make money selling junk to crackheads. And you won't think twice about killing someone's wife. Because you won't even know what was wrong in the first place. Um, maybe up like me. A hobo with a shotgun. I hope you can do that. So yeah, so he does that awesome speech and then obviously the robots come in and take him away and they shove him in the back of a coffin. Yeah. Been tugged away like, like a Full, but full force, a full fucking speed. And this is another like Western type thing. You know, like in Westerns when they attach like like a rope to the their the, uh, like a the leg or something of it, and then drag them along the dirt. Like. Yeah, but I think that that totally slipped my mind. Yeah. I never realised that. Mm. It's a little bit like you put every single movie that you think of when you think of this cup grindhouse and put it all into a blender. Yeah, and. And you get and and you just blend it in, but instead of like picking out the best bits, he just told you just to fucking chug it and hope to God that everything stays in there. So throwing half of this shit out. When was this made? Uh, 2011. Mm. So it's fairly recent this version, but it already looks and sounds like one of these bizarre like, um, like Italian westerns. Yeah, it's like. Well, I suppose. People like Tarantino uh, who inspired a lot of these kind of. Oh, movies. totally. Yeah, because uh, obviously, more uh, like a more recent in- inspiration, anyway. Because obviously, the the original in pure Technicolor. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the they... original, you know, B movies of the seventies and eighties, obviously the original inspiration. But like Tarantino, sort of relaunched all that. And say so, like, yeah. you know, these movies were secretly awesome, just no one's seen them. Mm. So we kind of need to thank. Um, we kind of need to thank Tarantino for bringing back the love of Grindhouse, basically. Yeah. It's something we have to talk about as well quickly because we haven't had a chance to. It's the sound. It's the soundtrack. Because yeah, it's, it's it's good, but it the, the the only thing like like I've mentioned when we we're watching it, there's some like a lot of inconsistencies. It's not like if it, it doesn't like. Uh, it's not all like a synth soundtrack, the, which would the, have been awesome for this. Uh, there's now and again you've got some like random like sort of uh, orchestral music going mm. in there like uh, and then you've got sort of bits of like TV movie type <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, music and it's so there's a lot of inconsistencies with the score and lots of other things going on the whole movie uh, schizophrenic though yeah. so I think it matches the, the craziness of the movie in mm. general but it's, it is a little bit like whiplash mm. like you you listen to something and one you've got like this sudden really cool synth wave noise and there's some really awesome synth wave tracks in this movie yeah and and then suddenly it's pan pan flutes yeah. and you're like okay and then it sounds like something out of a western 
Mm. Like, okay. Yeah, the, the opening is certainly like Western like, isn't mm. it? Yeah. It's like a proper spaghetti Western mm. opening. Um, you know, him on the freight train and all the bright colours and the, even the text feels a little bit like that. Yeah. So, but it's like literally like a shot in the chest every time music or scene changes mm. Christ that's a bit calm down chill movie the, end, the ending what do you think of the ending of the movie uh, well it it just it, I don't know I, I kind of I, I think it ends fairly well lots of wrapped up yeah. I like the the sequence like mm. if all eventually eventually all like the the, the the general public are mm. uh, standing up for themselves and standing up for the the, the hobo with a shotgun, yeah. and they're turning against like the the cops, which is mm. like which is which is great, and uh, it, so and it kind of it's a good climax, yeah. And then it just <laughs> I love the way I mean it just cuts off, doesn't it? And then the eighties music kicks in, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> by this point, what it feels like is obviously Rudger Hauer is now getting involved in the manhole. Death thing. He's about to get involved by having robot number one about to drag his head off. But then Abby comes in, who looks fucking badass by this point. Mm. Like she's got the thing, she's got the shotgun, she's got the lawnmower that she's about to just grind people down with and kills one of the robots. Yeah. Like mm. by just shredding all the armor off into bits. With the, was that with the lawnmower? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's just the base of the lawnmower, isn't it? Like, yeah. That she's got some kind of like it's like almost like a a shield, like it looks like a shield. Yeah. But it's got the the, the lawnmower blade in it, which is really fucking cool. Like it's a really cool bit, but it's a shame because that part's only used once, uh, at least in terms of that effect by her. Yeah. Um, it then gets weirder and nastier because then Drake goes grabs her. And everyone's trying to, and it, basically everyone's foiling each other's plans, but they're all foiling each other's plans like really fucking quickly. Mm. And I think the movie then ends uh, a little before the ending with probably the nastiest sort of like gruesome, gory moment I think out of the entire movie. Really, it's the bit the where fingers, yeah, yeah, Abby's fingers get shoved into the lawnmower, and it's like it's not even being subtle about it. I know this movie is not subtle in any way, but like <laughs> the subtlety but, is not but a word. Sometimes but... some of the gore <coughs> it, it, it cuts away, then you see it, or something like that. But in that case, every moment is on camera. It's like you the see, hand was getting closer, yeah. and we all knew what was coming. And then suddenly you see her face like, ah! And then suddenly just fucking fingers flying. Her hand turns into a bony stump. Yeah, and that, and that looks very... That's one of the moments where it looks realistic, doesn't it? Like, it looked where, nasty. Yeah. Uh, it was too much. I think that was a bit too much. And so she goes and gets like... And just stabs Drake multiple times. With her spiky bone <laughs> stump. Oh... <laughs> uh. Uh, no, no, no! Uh, oh! That looked gross. Oh, even the audience there is like, that's fucked up. And they're here to see a murder show. Oh, it's a fucking stump! Yes! That's what I call bad to the bone. Did she stab him with her sharp, like a butt bone, basically? Yes! She's just, I've got a stump, but I know how to use it. 
But there are, there's definitely there was definitely a time, but nearly by the end of the movie, where literally all this is happening, all the police arrive, all the bad, all, all everyone, t- all the the town and everyone else turns on the cops, mm. and everyone just sh- fucking shoots everything. Yeah, it ends so abruptly. And, you know, the 80s music suddenly pops off. And by the end of it, you don't really feel like you've got any closure. You're just like, there it is. Yeah. You're like, I mean, I do, like I said, though, I do like the fact that the, because the whole town seems like they're just on board with this, with, is it, it's Drake, isn't it? Yeah. Like they just seem like they're, yeah, we'll go along with it because I, we can't do anything about it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they, they are doing something about it. They're, they're turning on him. And uh, yeah. that, that's a good point for it to end, I think. But, like, yeah. Yeah. It, and it, but it, it is a very... It does end, like, in an exclamation mark. It's like <laughs> saying... It's like, literally, a shootout where literally blood and guts, loads of people die. You know, uh, Rudger Howe is lying on the ground. You know, spoilers, he does die in this. Or at least we think so. And it just pans up towards a shotgun. And you're thinking, like, ooh, okay. We're going to then cut to, like, something more dramatic... And then suddenly just... And you're like... It's probably feel-good 80s music. I know! God. Everyone just dies in a... In a blaze of glory. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it ends! (laughs) Music. (laughs) I'm telling you, oh, God. It's 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 so uplifting. Like if you didn't seen the movie before this and just heard this, you'd go to a club going, "Cool, man." Yeah. But it ends mercifully in that point, right there and then, and allows you just to laugh everything off. Like everything was a joke. Like you sit back going, "Oh, relief! You finally got that moment of relief, even though it's not closure." Mm. I felt like finally I can breathe. Yeah. I don't have to sit there anxiously waiting. About what the next batch of crazy things about to happen next? Yeah. No, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, there are there, there are moments to breathe in it where it's like because it, we, we've said like when we're, we're watching it, it's like a schizophrenic movie. There, there's moments where it's kind of sweet and stuff, and you kind of you, you're not kind of like then you kind of like going oh, you can't oh, those particular moments, and you can calm down for a bit, can't you? Yeah. But at the same time, it's really jarring the fact that it's gone from like chaos to like this really sweet kind it's, of moment. It's literally like someone shouting in your face and then suddenly just giving you a hug and a whisper, going like, "I'm so sorry for that." But it reminds me of kind of something like you know, like the Last House on the Left, and you got like yes! the weird, oh my com- god, the weird comedy comedy cops and stuff. Oh my god! Actually, the way we're talking, that that's exactly what this is. Yeah. It's like Last House on the Left by Wes Craven. It's there are three things about that movie that always bug me. Like so, like Last House on the Left is iconic, but I don't actually think it's a good movie. I think mm. it's just it's trashy and but not in a good way. Um, so you have half, you have all the rapey murder sequences that are really uncomfortable to watch. Then you have the soundtrack that is, looks like clearly coming out of like Woodstock. That is so jarring. And then you have got the bumbling cops in between. Yeah, and you're sitting there going like, okay, so now there's there's rape and murder bubbly cops oh we're so chill now <laughs> and this movie's exactly the same and that's an example of like uh just immaturity as a director i think yeah right, at the time like because he he was obviously trying to counteract with the the whole nastiness with like you know well i need to like calm him down in yeah. between but maybe not done that in in the correct way yeah you know? but like and, and obviously in this movie it's a bit the tone is completely different but 
it's it's similar kind of feeling though, isn't it? The fact that oh, you've totally. got, yeah, you've got like the crazy gore going on, and then you've just got this sweet scene where he's just looking after this girl and like you know you know they're sharing a bed and it's lovely and they're talking about growing grass and cutting it down and yeah. having a job. And they're like, oh dear, what's happening next? <laughs> Anyone who likes sort of like horror comedy type, like Evil Dead type movies, yes, totally, would would love this film. Mm. Um, and uh, but any anyone else won't like this film. Like, yeah, <laughs> no like, one else it's will. Really, really blunt, but like that is pretty much it. Yeah, like, and so you, I definitely recommend it to anyone who lo- who loves those crazy, gory, funny mo- movies. Yeah, yeah, because it's like it's like Evil Dead two levels of gore. Yeah, um, but I think even more so because it's just ridiculous because it's so relentless. It's like it's like being hit with a brick over mm. and over again every five minutes. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride that makes you that really makes you wish you could just like pause it for a minute just to reevaluate that you just saw someone's like you just saw someone just got cut open by a razor blade baseball bat. Yeah, and you're like, okay, so yeah, I think this movie is like a burning bus. Mm. <laughs> it's 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 like it's like watching a car crash where you 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 can't you really shouldn't be watching it for so long, but you're so infatuated by how bad it is getting. It's like a pileup. It keeps going and going and going yeah. and going. And by the end of it, when finally the last car finally hits the pile, and you're like, "Are there any more cars? Mm. No. Oh, thank God. But that I was awesome. To look at. I actually have a high level level of respect for the fact that it starts so high and manages to keep it up like manages to keep keep you guessing keep like well now how can it top it and it does like it's, it keeps it's great, yeah. going and going mm. and like literally i think the best way it's like a it's the hold my beer movie if mm. you think like oh you think that's going to be worse there is worse there's more coming there's more gore there's more weirdness there's more moments you have to pause and reevaluate what you just watched <laughs> like you call that a knife <laughs> this is a knife <laughs> In this case, it's, in this case, it's, it's you call that a knife. This is a bus full of burning children. <laughs> <laughs> it is like that, though, isn't it? <laughs> Ending with talking robots beating down a homeless man with, with, a, with a manhole cover on his head. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Um, so that was. Hobo with a shotgun, a movie that is so batshit crazy that we now need to, that we, I think I'm going to need some wine, sit in a corner and reflect about the world. So, right. So move on next time round. We'll next time round, we've got something quite, we'll have something more mad and crazy and funky for the next time round. We've got, we're hoping to keep this going. I really hope you guys like this episode and we'll keep in tune. So, so that, so to end it all guys, keep an eye on your trash. There might be something good in there. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs> this podcast has been an enigmatic production. It's hosted by Yohansh Paul and music by Edward Harvey. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Buzzsprout. Share it, 
like it, write a review. For more information on our other projects, check out our website, www.enigmaticproductions.co.uk.